Hello and welcome to Outspoken, your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Sophie Torber and I'm joined by my sisters and journalists Kate and Amy. On today's show, the disturbing Dubai porta potty trend, Olivia Rogers' contentious red dress, Jade Tunchi launches a unisex clothing line. But first, former bachelor Maddie J has landed himself a role on iconic kids' show Play School. And I can already hear mums around the country <laughs> rejoicing because. Finally, there's a bit of eye candy on Play School. I know, and I feel like the mums need that. If you're sitting through Play School, you're going to need somebody like Maddie J to look at. It was really nostalgic because he shared a photo of himself with Jemima. It was sort of behind the scenes photo on the Play School <laughs> set. And he wrote, today's gig might be the best one I've ever gotten. Finished product coming soon. Hashtag bucket list. And I think this is a stroke of genius by the ABC to get him on board. Is it just me or is it weird to think that Jemima is still on Play School? Because I think, you know, back 30 years ago when we were watching Play School, she was a thing. It just cracks me up because I always see kids with their iPads. So I thought that the toys might have evolved since No, then. they're all the same toys. It's so cute. They've got Big Ted, Little Ted, Jemima. Do you guys remember the windows as well? <gasps> yes. They were iconic. Oh, yes. and, and also the wheel. Like sometimes it was OG Play School with Benita and John and they had yeah. this wheel and they would spin the wheel and then they'd get either craft supplies or something fun out of it that would be part of an activity or story for that show. I just had one bizarre memory of play school and it was with George. Remember George, he was bald. Mm. And it was when Monica painted his body. So he took his shirt off and he painted (laughs) it all in red. And I remember just thinking it was so odd seeing him topless on play school. I bet their mums won't be minding if Maddie J gets his top off (laughs) to do that. I was chatting to Brandon's dad last night about play school. And he was saying that there's actually a lot of adult humor that obviously as kids you don't pick up on at the time. This has got me thinking about all those amazing kids shows on the ABC that I would love to watch now. Do you guys remember Genie from Down Under? It was where that girl found an opal and she got a genie and she used to go back and forth from Australia to England. That was the best show. It was literally iconic. I would love to watch it again. And I reckon that the ABC must have had some sort of partnership with the UK or they must have played the shows in the UK because there was also another show called Minty where it was this UK schoolgirl who looked exactly the same as a, as an Australian soap yeah. star and they swapped lives as well. It was a bit like Parent Trap with Lindsay yeah. Lohan. And what's really weird is I have seen a clip of Jeannie Jeannie from Down Under and I swear the girl, she's meant to be English in it, but her accent sounds so fake, a bit like when <laughs> And Lindsay Lohan was playing an English schoolgirl. I would love to hear what everyone else was watching as a kid. Let's start a thread in our Facebook group sharing the best ABC kids shows. It's me, the betrothed. Um, sorry, I'm actually spoken for. Sorry. Controversial influencer Jade Tunchi has announced she's launching a unisex clothing line with her fiance Lockie called Tunchi. Now, Jade made the announcement on Instagram last Wednesday by sharing a reel modeling some of the pieces in the new line. And some of the pieces were quite unique. One of them was a pair of oversized beige pants and a black tank top which featured a white line down the middle, which kind of looked like a zip. And then it had two long strands of material hanging from the top and it was of course accessorized with a gucci bag and shoes what did you guys think of the first couple of pieces 
Look, it's not something I'm personally going to rush out and buy. However, I don't really think it's marketed towards my age group. I feel like it's for the Gen Zers. Yeah, I think we're definitely too old for this collection. I mean, I did like the look of how baggy the pants were. They looked very comfortable, but I did see someone in our Facebook group make a remark that they kind of looked like a fashion dropouts design. So I tended to agree. It's not my sort of thing. Has anyone noticed, though, that the current fashion is just looking like a bum? Like I went to the shop the other day and I just thought everyone is in oversized jumpers, including myself, and just the slouchiest jeans. And I feel like older people must be thinking, what the hell is everybody wearing? I know the term flattering is a bit divisive at the moment. Yeah. But a lot of the clothes are unflattering and Mm. they just don't give people much shape which I find, and I think a lot of teenagers are going to look back on photos of themselves in brackets in their prime and be like, why did I waste this? But don't we all look back at the fashion that we were wearing when we were, quote, in our prime, which I think is, again, a divisive message and think, oh, what were we doing? Like there was that whole thing that Celeb Spellcheck shared about all the clothes that were in fashion when we were in our 20s. And we're like, oh my God, do you remember that? Now back to the reel that Jade shared. In the caption, she simply shared the name of the clothing line's new Instagram account. She did, however, mention in the comments section that it had been a long time coming. And of course, the Blue Tick Brigade were out in force to congratulate Jade. So Sofa Dofa commented underneath saying, slay. Bella from The Bachelor wrote, I'm so excited. Martha Califatidis wrote, give me, and then did clapping hands. And her agent, Max Connectors, wrote, ah, exciting. Now, there were some notable absentees. So Steph Claire Smith and Sammy Robinson, who are quite good friends with Jade, did not like the post and did not comment, which I thought was quite interesting. I'm wondering if Sammy didn't comment because she, of course, has her own clothing line one mile and doesn't want to draw attention to Jade's. I don't think so because I think a lot of the influencers are quite supportive of one another others businesses. I think it more has to do with the backlash that Jade faced back in March when she did pressure a small business into giving her a refund for a non-refundable accommodation and also the fact that she was called out later for a past rant that she had about foreign Uber Eats drivers. Mm. But then again, I saw Sammy today sharing Insta stories with Jade out at a fashion week thing. Well, they were both at the Max Connectors event on the weekend together. And so the fact that they have got the same manager I think they would have to publicly support each other. So I think it could more, I kind of tend to agree with Amy. I think it may have something to do with Sammy having a competing brand. Well, when you take a look at the Clothing Lines Instagram account, there's no official launch date. It just says coming soon. And I was quite surprised because the Instagram account only has 3,700 followers. And on TikTok, they've only got 201. And this is despite Jade sharing it to her huge amount of followers. Well, that's the thing. Jade is known as being a fashion influencer. So you'd think that there'd definitely be a demand for the product that she's putting out there. It actually makes me wonder how many people follow Jade because they genuinely like her. Are there a lot of hate following going on? Well, for quite some time, people have been commenting that she doesn't actually receive that much engagement on her post. So there's a number of posts that go by with one to two comments on there, which is quite odd for an influencer of her size. I did have a laugh when I saw that Jade decided to call her label Tunchi after her surname because it's been a bit of a trend recently. We saw Talia Skeins call her label Skeins and it's kind of his attitude that they're so well known that people will know their last name and it really represents them. I mean, we saw it also with Madison Woolley calling her brand 23rd of Madison. Now, I actually think if I was an influencer, I'd go with something a little bit different, maybe like Silk Swim, how Shani Grimmond, because I feel like 
like. Okay, maybe they launch it based on the back of their personal branding, but after a while, I would feel you'd want to distance yourself from the brand and make it a standalone. And if you're naming it your last name, that's really never going to happen. It's a bit like One Mile with Sammy. That brand can probably live on past it just being Sammy Robinson's brand. Well, I actually like the fact that she called it Tunchi because she is getting married soon and she hasn't announced yet whether she will choose to take on Lockie's name or whether she'll keep her name. But I do think it's quite nice when women make a brand out of their name Mm. because it's almost this ownership and this way to keep their family name alive. I've had a lot of judgmental comments like this about the dress that I wore to the wedding the other night. So I just want to clarify a couple of things and also address this. Former Miss Universe Australia Olivia Rogers has sparked debate after wearing a silky red gown to her friend's wedding. Critics flooded the comment section of Olivia's TikTok saying red was an inappropriate choice and even more taboo than wearing white. Sophie, can you tell us more about what went down? Well, I discovered Olivia Rogers' TikTok on Friday night and I just got into this massive loop. The videos were so addictive. So she's got heaps of videos showing how she styles clothes, her makeup. It's wonderful to watch. I highly recommend going (laughs) over there and having a look. And in one of the videos, Olivia was wearing a stunning bright red Christopher Esber silk dress. And I did a bit of a Google and this dress retails for $890 and is described as a front tie shirt dress. So it has long sleeves with very subtle cutouts and a low v-neck, which all tie together at the front. And it's also a maxi dress, so it falls right to the floor. Now, Olivia looked incredible in this dress. So in the video, Olivia explained that she was going to a wedding that had a cocktail attire theme and she asked her followers what shoes or bags she should pair with the dress. Now, this video quickly attracted 430,000 views with many women in the comments section shocked that Olivia had chosen to wear red. I didn't know that this was a taboo thing. I always thought it was white, maybe black, but then black started making a comeback in terms of bridesmaids dresses. So why can't you wear red? Well, a lot of the women claim that if you wear red, it means that you've slept with the groom. And Olivia was taken back by these comments as well. And she said, I've never heard that before. People wore red to my wedding and I didn't think twice about it. They looked great. Maybe she had to have a few conversations with Justin after the wedding. I'm joking, of course. (laughs) Is this like something that people would follow in Australia or is this a cultural thing? Because, yeah, I have never heard it either. Yeah, well, I started Googling as soon as I saw the video and an article by Mamma Mia actually popped up from 2016 and it was entitled, White is not the worst colour a wedding guest can wear. And in the article, journalist Brittany Stewart wrote that after doing a deep dive on wedding forums, she discovered that in some cultures, red is considered even worse than white. So in Chinese culture, red is reserved for the bride whereas in other cultures it has this scandalous association so one user on a wedding forum called etiquette hell said that red is more about sex than brightness per se so they said it used to be associated with being a scarlet woman in quotations or was supposed to imply that you'd slept with the groom and i think it is really in european culture where this more applies Well, I'm glad I know it now so I can put on my wedding invites that no one is to wear red or white. Now, it did seem like other women were annoyed at Olivia because they claimed that she was taking attention away from the bride. One user wrote, you look gorgeous in that dress. Nevertheless, at her wedding, the bride should shine, which you take from her almost dressing topless. Another wrote, you look beautiful, but it's the bride's day for being the belle of the ball. 
Now, these comments were just bloody ludicrous. For those who haven't seen the dress, they had cutouts, but they were so subtle. And the dress was in no way topless at all because I feel like that one comment, people are probably getting Kendall Jenner vibes from the dress, but it was very far from this dress. How come men never get accused of outshining the groom? Because there are some men who come to weddings and I feel like they do look more fabulous than the groom. Well, that's because, I mean, I suppose (laughs) at the moment... People are moving away from the traditional black suit and yeah. men are getting really experimental with the sorts of colours and patterns they're using. And it is so true. You don't see men jumping on TikTok being like, wow, mate, that suit's a bit loud. How dare you? How dare you wear a red tie? Well, Olivia followed up with a video calling out the horrendous comments and she explained that the wedding they attended wasn't a traditional wedding. So the couple did choose to have a ceremony the day before and then the following day they celebrated with guests at a low-key reception. And the reception was actually held at a Mexican restaurant. So I feel like the red theme ties in really well because from memory, Olivia's friend was also wearing red. Now let's play a clip of what Olivia said. I wanted to wear a long dress because I feel more comfortable in a long dress. And I definitely think the cutouts were appropriate because it was cocktail. It was fun, Um, but it also wasn't nearly topless. The dress, you can go back and watch the video, was low cut. Yeah, Um, but I don't have any boobs. If I did, wouldn't really matter anyway. And then like a couple of cutouts here. I've never heard of that not being acceptable for a wedding reception. Also, I had never heard of red being inappropriate for a wedding. That's this whole other thing. People wore red at my wedding and I didn't think twice about it. I just think it's a beautiful colour. It's a fun colour. So why shouldn't I be allowed to wear it? Also, I want to address the fact that all of the comments like this one, all of the judgmental comments saying that my dress is inappropriate or tacky or slutty or whatever they're saying, there's a lot of it. um, It's all from women. And it's just so disappointing to see so many women dragging me down and it always happens it happens on instagram and it happens on here that most of my criticism and trolling comes from other women i saw olivia talking about how bad the trolling is on tiktok and i would have to agree i actually don't really like posting on that platform because you don't feel safe i mean i know that there's always been trolls on instagram however it just seems next level on TikTok. And I find it quite ironic because I feel like Gen Zers always pride themselves on being very inclusive, but it's also the generation that has grown up on social media and they seem to be the harshest critics on everyone on that platform. I feel like it has a lot to do with the algorithm because the algorithm is so strong on TikTok. It just feeds the videos that get any sort of engagement out to a whole range of people. So I feel like there's a lot of people from different walks of lives or different opinions getting this content and that they they don't really know the people. So they think, I'll just say whatever I like. And that's why the video would have gone off because everybody was commenting and debating about the red dress. The thing is, social media has really put weddings on a bigger pedestal than ever. You know, you have to have an Instagrammable wedding. You have to spend so much money. But it's also then put this big focus on what people wear to weddings. I mean, you know, usually if you go to a wedding, you're going to put a picture up on your Instagram grid of you at the wedding. And that's where all the criticism is starting to stem from. Well, recently we have seen Lily Brown and also Kendall Jenner, who we touched on before, getting called out for what they've worn to their friends' weddings. And I think it's so ironic when the critic says, oh, you're trying to take attention away from the bride, when in actual fact it's those people commenting who are making it into a bigger deal 
and thus taking the bride's attention away because at the end of the day, many couples have actually told their guests what the theme or attire is and they're quite happy for their guests to be wearing these sorts of clothes. Don't you think it's also just because all of those influences are really attractive and I think people go, oh, well, fuck, I'd hate Olivia Rogers to rock up to my wedding looking this pretty because she'd yeah. take attention away from me. Do you know what, though? I never knew about this red dress thing because reflecting on it, growing up, I watched Kath and Kim's wedding. Oh, yeah, and they were and in red dresses. And they had red bridesmaid dresses. But actually, ironically, wasn't there always a joke that Sharon had slept mm. with Brenny? <laughs> so maybe that was true. Well, maybe they were onto something. I really think that weddings are moving away from what they once were. I don't think people are as caught up in the tradition or the social faux pas that people make. And at the end of the day, it's becoming more about the experience and memory of a great weekend with your friends and family. Celine has an oversized brain. Um, she's got one of the largest brains for a dog of her age and species. Uh, Father Damien, uh, Father Frost says you're to go home. Your tea is ready. <laughs> Tell him I'm not going. I'm having dinner here. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah. Hello, Father. <laughs> uh, no, he's staying here for dinner. <laughs> um, uh, Father Damien, Father Frost said you're to go home immediately. Shoy! Did you tell him I'm having dinner here? Uh, yes. Well, time to flick off then. <laughs> Hashtag Dubai Porta Potty has recently been trending on TikTok and Twitter, with hundreds of thousands of videos being posted under the tag every day. And this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the underground world of the wealthy elite and Instagram models. Now, before we dive deep into the topic, Kate, can you take one for the team and explain what the term Dubai Porta Potty actually means? Yes, well, there is some rather disturbing footage floating around under this tag, and I urge you not to look at it if you are squeamish. Now, the term refers to wealthy Arab men paying Instagram models and influencers to defecate on their faces. And the term comes from the mouth being used as the porta potty. So apparently some women have been offered up to $1 million for the act. And it's important to point out that there's no concrete proof that this is actually happening in Dubai. However, several TikTok and Instagram influencers have come forward claiming it is true. They say they were invited to all expenses paid extravagant holidays in Dubai. In return for the trip, though, they were asked to engage in bizarre fantasies for the rich men. Gee, this is taking the influencer trips to an all new level. Kate, how did this all start? Well, the hashtag began trending when a very graphic video of a woman defecating on the face of a man was shared on TikTok and Twitter. Now, the video was taken off TikTok, but it is still visible on Twitter. And there were also some French influencers caught out taking drugs that were also suspected to be involved in this Dubai porta potty scandal. Well, I feel like there is a lot to unpack. Sophie, what has the feedback been on TikTok and on Twitter? Well, not surprisingly, most people are saying how disgusting it is, while others are reminding people not to kink shame. And there's also been a lot of commentary generalizing this alleged behavior to all men in Dubai who are wealthy, which is leading to people developing racist assumptions about Arab men. And an Arab man who goes by the name of Abraham K on TikTok labeled some of the comments as racist. He said, what shocks me the most is that people in Dubai are not keeping up with these trending videos and they've never heard of such a thing. 
He wanted to say that people were generalizing that every rich Arab man in Dubai takes part in these activities and shares the same fetishes, which is untrue. He then told people to grow up and actually analyze the information people read. Now, this isn't the first time that Dubai influencer partnerships have been reported on. In 2018, Cosmopolitan UK wrote an article called The Secret Lives of Instagram It Girls. And in this article, they outlined how Instagram has become somewhat of a shop window for young, beautiful women to catch the eyes of wealthy men. And according to the article, men offer Instagram models a lifestyle only available to the super rich in exchange for sex. And Dubai is suggested to be a hotspot for this type of activity. Now, these wealthy elites have what they call a luxury concierge. Now, these people set up everything for them from stays in five-star hotels to booking all the best restaurants. Now, they also take care of ensuring the men are surrounded by beautiful women. And previously, they would source these women from modeling or escort agencies. But now the trend is to use Instagram as a recruiting tool. To me, this sounds a little bit Jeffrey Epstein-esque, doesn't it? It's really scary because one way that influencers do grow their following is by showing off their wealth and luxury holidays. Mm. And it worries me that a lot of young girls are perhaps going to be tricked into going over to Dubai and doing things and practices that they don't really feel are safe to try and live this lifestyle. Well, what's really scary is that these women are being found using the location tool on Instagram. So rich men will either get their concierge to search or do the browsing on Instagram themselves. It's sort of, it's like they're acting as if it's some kind of catalog and they're usually looking for Western women. And once they find someone they like the look of, they'll DM the woman with an offer. And it's been reported women are invited to Dubai for a $30,000 all expenses holiday to post to all of their followers. Can you imagine if you got this DM pop mm. up in your Instagram account? You would think it was fake for sure. Cause you know, mm. like those ones where they're apparently from sugar daddies and it's like, Hey, like, mm. I don't know. I would think <laughs> this was a fake message. Yeah. But the thing, is these days everything has to be done online because I read that there were instances where Instagram models would go over there and then get paid. So they'd make $200,000 in cash. And then when they tried to go back through customs, they would be flagged and they couldn't actually explain where the money came from. So they got Mm. it taken away. So now... Also, I suppose anonymity is a big thing that they do all of the deals online and they usually involve cryptocurrencies. Don't you feel like alarm bells would be going, though, if you were invited to an all expenses trip and they're like, oh, we've just got to pay you in crypto, though. (sighs) Yeah. Well, there is, of course, a catch that we've all touched upon. And this is, of course, that the women must engage in sexual favors in exchange for the trip and also the other items that come along the way, like the designer goods and the cash. And an anonymous source told Cosmopolitan UK that some wealthy men demand degrading sexual and niche practices in exchange for money and a five-star experience. And these men are said to often be wealthy sheikhs. Now, higher rates are said to be offered for more unusual preferences. And these preferences are usually discussed via video before the trip. And now this is done to show proof, apparently, of consent. Mm. So women are also asked to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Again, I think alarm bells would be ringing. Could you imagine the YouTube video about the trip? You know, it's like, oh, I've never told you guys this. Can you imagine the the YouTube tell-all? Like a (laughs) tell-all. Yeah. But I also wonder if they do this one-on-one phone call just because they probably paid to have so many girls fly over there. And then when 
what they want is explained, a lot of the women probably say no. So they probably don't want to waste their time mm. flying well, girls over and if imagine, they're not. Well, I think there'd be an element of blackmail because you've got yeah. to remember we're talking about the wealthiest of wealthiest. These are people are billionaires. Some are apparently allegedly a part of the Saudi royal family. So there is a lot of wealth and also power going on. Now, once these women arrive at the destination, they're allowed to post photos of themselves on the private jets and show off the lavish lifestyle in between having to engage in sex, which often entails really humiliating acts. So as discussed earlier, one of the practices is believed to involve being defecated on, but also disturbingly bestiality is involved. Apparently, there's cases with camels and dogs. There's been reported that there's cases of these women being forced to sleep with teenage boys to give them their manhood. And there's even this tale that seems to be floating around on TikTok of a man wanting a woman to insert a salmon into his ass. What? Now, this is all really disturbing. And there's even tales of women dying of drug overdoses on super yachts. Look, I'm not here to kink shame anybody, but it seems to me that a lot of these practices... The aim of them is to humiliate and degrade the woman. And I find it really, really disgusting. The difference between this and OnlyFans, though, is that OnlyFans creators, the power is in their hand Mm. of what they choose to do. And they are in control of the situation. Whereas I feel a little bit uncomfortable with these sorts of situations because women are going over to a foreign country, presumably, where they haven't been before. They, it's in this situation, the men feel like they've got a lot of the power. They're making the demands. Well, there's a massive power imbalance. I do think it's important to point out that these Instagram models and influencers differ from those who are legitimately paid to promote products or destinations on their Instagram. So I don't want people getting the two confused. These influencers don't take on brand deals or legitimate modeling jobs, they but they still display the wealth and the lifestyle of influencers that we see. Now, to sort of spot these people out, they usually list their location as London slash Dubai and have an email address for booking inquiries in their bio. So a lot of them do know what they are doing. And usually a telltale sign is that there are countless photos of them living it up in Dubai with wealthy Arab men commenting on their photos. And They somehow seem to find themselves traveling to exotic locations on private jets, sunbaking on super yachts and having designer shopping halls, all while never taking on paid promotions or creating content that requires an actual skill. So there's just some telltale signs to look out for. Amy, how has this all come to light? Well, in 2019, a controversial website called Tag the Sponsor was set up to expose Instagram models who flaunt their lavish lifestyles on Instagram. So the website claimed to tell the truth and expose the sponsor who was financing the trip. So essentially, they were claiming to expose the person who was cut out of the photos on Instagram. The site posts gotcha moments of Instagram models agreeing to be paid to take part in niche sexual activities and then publicly shames them to the point where they delete their Instagram accounts. God, it is so disgusting and so slut shamey. And mm. I think to make matters worse, the website actually works on anonymous users submitting screenshots and the owner of this website was interviewed by Cosmopolitan and he actually defended his actions by saying that the women are fully aware of the transaction but he then completely contradicted himself by admitting that many of the site's contributors have catfished the women into the promise of an all-expenses-paid trip in exchange for sex so it's questionable how legitimate these screenshots actually are. 
I feel like a lot of people are reveling in this gotcha moment. There's just something about influencers showing off wealth that we don't Mm. like. And to find out that these lavish trips and designer goods have been in some instances in exchange for what sounds like some pretty degrading situations could make some people feel validated. However, there really is a serious and scary side to this. Yeah, it is safe to say that women who are exchanging sex for this very lavish lifestyle are finding themselves in really dangerous positions. When you think about it, these women are being lured over to countries miles away from home and their friends and family into these situations with billionaires. They're being made to sign NDAs and allegedly having experiences with royal families. So you can see that this power imbalance is very off. And one woman interviewed by Cosmopolitan UK said she began feeling brainwashed by Instagram. She said, once you start climbing this ladder, you're never really satisfied. It's an addiction, a video game. You can never really win. You begin wanting a millionaire, then a multimillionaire until only a billionaire will do. I reached the point where if a man didn't have an Amex black card, I wouldn't date him. And so if I think this really goes into what you were saying, that it's it's sort of scary how Instagram is making women feel that they need to have these things to show mm. off. And there's this kind of payoff with if I actually want to be a big influencer, I need to show off these things mm. on my feed. And this, and this is the extent that some people are going to in order to achieve this influencer status. The other really disturbing element to this is that the women who are accused of partaking in child and animal abuse are committing crimes. The Mm. animals and children cannot consent to any of this. And in instances of sexual assault on minors, people can be sentenced to the death penalty in Dubai. So there's so many issues with this porta potty situation. It's not something that should be laughed at or become some sort of trend on TikTok. And in terms Mm. of other actions, if both adults are consenting, that's really not up for us to comment. However, I do question the level of consent being provided. I mean, this is a relationship of extreme power imbalances. So it's hard to know what exactly goes on behind the scenes. And Mm. it is important to note, it's only this year that the United Arab Emirates have made changes to the laws which decriminalize consensual premarital sex and allow unmarried couples to live together. So previously, those two things were a crime. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Outspoken. If you would like to join in on the conversation, head over to our Facebook group, which is Outspoken, the podcast community, and please leave us a five-star review. And make sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Outspoken underscore the underscore podcast.